Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Operator. You're with me, Paul Mellon McFadden, and uh, we got Mike. How are you going, Mike? Hey, Mellon. What's going on, man? I'm I'm back. It's it's good to be back, man. I know I I kind of was a wall the last show, but uh, I know you kind of covered down on that. But yeah, it's definitely good to be back, man. It's good to see you, man. I know uh, I know you had a really big week. You know, we we obviously talk a lot offline, uh, the three of us, after uh, all this time, and uh, you know, I I just want to take my hat off to who you were for your family, and you know, for including us in a couple of calls there, and meeting Auntie Tracy. Shout out to the family there, the <laughs> Yinzers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. The, the, the episode that we want to cover today, like we just want to unpack for people about how your week unfolded and how my week unfolded. And, you know, you were dealing with a personal family loss and I was uh, going through our, our Remembrance Day, which is the same as your Veterans Day. The, uh, the service for that, we, we held that pretty much over the, the same period when, while you guys were preparing for the, the funeral and your service. So we thought it would be really healthy and... Uh, helpful for people at this time just to go through that journey of dealing with loss and, and healing. So why don't you just let us know how things unfolded for you last week, Mike, where'd that all start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just real quick too. Uh, Raf's not joining us uh, for this episode he's uh, with the time zones and everything. He's just kind of doing his thing. I mean, he's got family time and everything else with his son and that's priority sometimes, man. And we're just, uh, you know, we're going to continue on and do this episode and, uh, you know, we're fine with that. We, we all need breaks. It's around the holidays. There's lots of stuff going on. And sometimes you need to just take that pause and we're all about that, man. So, yeah, that's right. So I'll, just so everyone knows, I got up a bit after zero 400 here to, to make the time work with Mike on the East coast. And that time just was smack in the middle of uh, Raf's working day, so we just we just couldn't make it work, and that's the challenges of the three time zones we're on. All right, go on. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> kind of jumping into this uh, this this week, right? So I know we have talked about it a lot, but we can never control our future, and we we the unknown is scary, right? Sometimes we think about man, there's some really good stuff coming and you think everything's going to turn out well. So, you know, for work, I've been redesigning a whole training course and it's just, I was excited to teach some new stuff that's coming out and I was squared away, man. Like I'm, uh, <laughs> when I start something, man, I really want to get in and make it perfect. And it, and it was, uh, so kind of reward my, myself a little bit, a, a teammate of mine at work. He's like, Hey man, you want to go hit the Appalachian mountains? for uh you know for about a day and a half two days and get up there and i was like you know what absolutely i'm sick and tired of the white noise all the all the talk going on and people going back and forth about just you know not solving problems they just you know talking to talk and just arguing i'm like man i just want to get away from it so uh pack my ruck and uh some some new uh some new camping stuff and uh we drove up early friday morning and we hit the trail, man. We just start going. And uh, the guy, my, my teammate, he's a little bit younger guy. And, uh, man, we just had some great conversations, him and I, up there. We only saw maybe 25 people total on the trail. And, uh, anyways, we, we stayed overnight up on top of the, the, the mountain. It went down into uh, the 20s. I think it was like 20, 22 degrees at the lowest point. So, a little bit chilly, but, you know, we, we handcrafted a fire and used some old skills and uh, we, we stayed warm, man. But, you know, it was, it was a good start to the, to the weekend, so to speak. Just for the, just for the Australians and the, the people who live in the metric universe, that's below freezing. Okay, so that's about minus five Celsius. Yeah. 
it's uh it's cold either way you look at it when when you wake up and there's thick frost all over your tent and everything it's cold uh but i've had worse and i you know always try to go back to that so uh anyway i wanted to make it a point to wake up saturday morning and watch the sunrise from the from the top of the peak right so um it was about uh, a thousand meters high all right it was the peak there you go for the metric the metrics right and um yeah i woke up early in the morning i think it was about you know 5 15 the sun was just breaking the mountains and i got up and heated up some water and made some morning coffee and i just sat there and watched the sun come up man it was dead silent and the world just comes alive around you and there was no noise and it was just perfect you know um i even called uh I tried calling you and I guess you're already working, but it, Cherry answered and I was just like, Cherry, check this out. Look how beautiful this is. You know, I just wanted to share it because it was so nice. Um, anyway, we made our way back down the mountain. Uh, we finished up with about 22 total miles uh, trekking up and down uh, roughly 4,000 feet like total and about, uh, you know, it was just up and down mountains. Got down, felt great, man. I really loved it. Got into my truck. And uh, I was five minutes into my drive. My brother called, hey, man, are you uh, are you sitting down or or what are you doing? I was like, uh, it's like, yeah, you know, Graham just passed away this morning, you know, and I was like, oh, and the initial point, man, was just I, I, I just miss her. You know, I just pops in your head and you just want to like hug her or you know, then that initial, um, and then, and then I shifted immediately to my mom. I could just immediately feel my mother and her sadness because, uh, back in July, we, we lost, uh, my uncle, her brother. And, uh, it's, it's just a lot for her, you know, and, uh, all I could think about, well, I had about a three and a half hour drive to get back to, to my place. And then the whole way back, I'm calling my command and making phone calls. And I was like, I just need to get up there. All that matters right now is to get up there and be with my family. Nothing else was important. <laughs> so I did. And I, I made it up there. I drove uh, up early Sunday morning, repacked, and I was going. And I was actually talking with you and, and Raf a little bit about, uh, you know, what happened and where I was going. And again, we have such great talks with, you know, as just grown men and we're able to open up to each other, man. And, you know, I was, I was pretty hurting a little bit, but I was also talking about like what needed to happen when I got up there, Raf shared some things, you shared some things. And, uh, the best way to put it, I just felt prepared. You know, I was hurting inside and I, I, I didn't want to see my gram and, you know, the way she was, but I was just like, I, I just need to get up there, you know? So thank you guys for that. Uh, so once I got up there, you know, I, I saw my mom and she's very upset and just trying to be strong. My mother's a very strong woman and, uh, but I know her very well and she's hard on the outside, very soft on the inside. And I just gave her a hug and just told her I loved her. And, um, it's around this, this point that I really start kind of stopping and living for that moment and, and remembering who I was. Okay. So I remember my gram, you know, my whole life, but I had to remember who I was, what I've been through and what I've done up to this point. Right. So there was something that drove, that drove me to get up there. Right. It was just the human factor, the love, the caring that I had. Um, but also I could, I could draw that a lot from my military experience from other life experience. And I just felt like I had, you know, I talked about it before, but like I, I, I had that body armor on and I was ready. I was prepared to go out and deal with whatever was coming. All I had to do was show up. I, sometimes that's, that's the first step. And sometimes that's all you have to do is just show up. And that's the first piece and the rest will unfold and you, you, you take it in and just as you go. Um, I felt that I just needed to be the pillar and be, and I've said it before a long time ago, but be the example. I had to be the example of calmness, 
making good decisions, being fair. There's a lot of fam, you know, some family issues going on and just, you know, I won't get into those, but it was just trying to keep the focus on, Hey, that's not important. This is what's important. You know, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, my cousin did a, a fantastic job as the executor and just going through. Um, it was a beautiful funeral, man. And something that I think you, you, you touched on last episode was the last time I, I saw my grandmother in, in person was in July when my uncle passed away and I stayed over her house and uh, we were working on a puzzle together and you know, I said, we watched shark tank and, um, I just wanted to spend time with her. You know, she was upset and I was just like, well, I just want to be with my gram. And we sat there for about two and a half, three hours. And we talked about everything, man. We talked about life. We talked about loss, love. What's the meaning of life? What really matters in life relationships? I mean, I shared with her everything where I was in my life with what I was hurting with my relationship, where I wanted to be, why I wasn't happy everything. And, uh, you know, I talked about it before, but that's when she pointed that sign and said, you know, and she believed it thoroughly. And she was, she was 85. Okay. She's seen a long life, lots of life lessons, you know, three times as much as me. (laughs) And, you know, the best things in life are not things. And I, I would just, you know, I, I've, I've shared before that that has stuck with me. Well, going through her stuff, once she passed, she left behind a little, a little uh, cutout, I guess, from my, from a reverend and it's called let go. And it was just beautiful. It just talked about not having control and that's okay. And life's going to do its thing, but you should stay the same, choose happiness. And, and, And it was just going through, it's a little bit long to read. Maybe I can post it up with this episode so people can read it or something, but it was just so beautiful. What's that? That's a great idea to share that. Maybe to yeah. share the name of the, the author. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I have it uh, back behind me kind of in, in a little frame. I wanted to protect it, but I, I'll definitely post it then. Um, anyway, all this for me kind of came at the right time. So with the loss, the pain, all of it, after it was over and we found this, I was sitting, you know, talking with my family and everything and reading through that, sharing memories and just reading that let go thing, man, just, it was so powerful. And just me as a man, I felt empowered. I felt I'm doing the right thing, you know, and I, you said it in the last episode, but I, I never thought of it this way, man. And this is why I love these conversations, but what, when I was up on the mountain, I was doing exactly what my grandmother would have wanted me to do is being out there, being around other people, helping them make, you know, be a better person. And, you know, I wasn't, what'd you say? I wasn't shopping for shoes. (laughs) 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 So yeah, it was just, wow, man, that minute, after the funeral, it was like reflection and it was just like, man, what just happened? And this piece of paper that she left behind just was literally like she already knew that it was going to happen and was perfectly placed and it just affected it. And, and it gave me closure on actually a lot of things that I've been struggling with a lot of things. And, uh, man, I'm just, you know, I went back to work today and I was just smiling. I miss my gram. Don't get me wrong, but man, it was like this test was brought up, brought up to me and I didn't ask why I didn't find myself asking why did this happen? Why is my gram gone? I was just, again, what, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to see? I'm being patient. You know, I I know I just need to be there with my family. And then what happens? This little piece of paper that she saved in her purse had a little letter that, you know, said, Hey, I want this to go to people. You know, it was just, it it was just perfect timing, man. It's kind of one of those divine intervention, or maybe she was just strategically like already there and like, Hey, this is, this is for you. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. Such a beautiful thought. You know, we obviously have talked a fair bit about this, but just the idea of your gram 
having a reading something in the newspaper and really that resonating with her and being something beautiful that she wanted to share. And then she's cut it out and she's been thinking of you. And then she's gone and had that card laminated and she's thinking of you and she's carrying it around in her purse. And then she's got a little handwritten note and she's put it on there. And how many times she must have taken that out of her card and, and looked at it and, you know, to then have that message come to you from her, you know, from beyond the grave, such a beautiful, and, and, and for that message to be so powerful and to resonate with you so much. Oh man. I mean, it, it was the perfect timing at an unexpected time, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. It's the best way I could describe it to come out of a situation like that. Um, the biggest thing I want to share is just, you know, all of these things that we've talked about on this podcast for the last, you know, few months, practicing and having those disciplines of staying centered and being patient and understanding and humility and everything else, how it goes has brought me to this moment where this is doable. This isn't a, it's not an easy task. I'm not saying that at all, but this is no longer a Mount Everest. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't impossible you know, and it, it gives you this comfort. And, I, and I'll tell you, I wasn't the only one, but just being up there around my family, I could feel the attraction to me of people wanting to be around me, of people wanting to talk to me. And it's comforting to me because it's like, man, I must be doing something right. Yeah. It, I'm not doing everything right, but I feel like I'm trying, I'm putting in the work and, and, I, and I'm just trying to be there, you know, and be present in the moment. And, uh, you know, I talked with my cousin about that, my brother, my mom, and it was all kind of the, you know, it was very cool, man. It was a very unique family feeling. All those little steps, you know, including our conversations and, and, and recording these episodes and working in the moment to find your principles and find your center and to let go of the trivia, which just always comes up and, the, the daily discipline of trying to be that principled person and moving towards a better uh, version of yourself. You never know when the really hard stuff is coming and there's always something coming down the pipe for all of us, right? Like life just is going to continue to occur and you never know when you're going to get those, those phone calls. But all of those, each day or each moment that you've had that you sort of put under your belt of, being true and 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 finding your values and getting clear about things, they fortify you for these challenging times. Like they reinforce that that you can then be the pillar and help other people out in these moments of trial. Yeah. Now, the other thing is that the moment the moment you shared with your grams, like you have that last memory. You know, you took time and you created a moment. And it's not, the, it's not the amount of time we have with people that's important. It's the quality, not the quantity. It's the moment that you, you remember. And, and it was a moment for her to sit with her grandson in her moment of loss, having lost a son, and to be able to sit and, you know, build a puzzle and watch Shark Tank and talk to you and get into your life and so on. Like those moments come and, and you're either in a position where you've got your own heart straight and you're in your center and you're clear about stuff and you're able to step into those moments and be with people and create something special or, you, or you're not. And those moments go. I'll tell you, <laughs> uh, that is one moment, Melon, that I will never, I'll never forget as the last time I spent with my grandmother was, sitting at the table talking about the most important questions in, in life. And, you know, that moment was free. Yeah. We, we weren't sitting there talking about money or you know, possessions. I mean, she straight up told me, man, like she's, she's 85 years old and been through everything, you know, and she's sitting there. She's like, you know, Mike, there's, there's nothing in this world that's ever going to make you more truly happy than the memories, the love, the appreciation you have in your life. I, I, I mean, 
how can't you listen to that? <laughs> you know, from this sweet woman that loved oldies and rock and roll and Elvis Presley, <laughs> you know, with just a, a love of life, you know, yeah. and loved me and her other grandsons and everybody else. I mean, she could not have been more pure. And she allowed me to see that true side of her, man. And I will carry that with me the rest of my life. I, you know, one day I'll tell my kids about great grandma and everything else and what she taught me and learned. And I mean, that's legacy, that's family, that's love. And those things truly matter, man. I would rather be poor and have that moment than be rich and never have it. Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Like yeah. that, and, and, and that, that memory is only going to get better for you. This is, there's, there's uh, some of the old stoic philosophers, the Greek guys, they talked about the, the beauty of a life lived according to principles is, is twofold that you get to live it and be, be this person who has these moments come and you know, you bet you, you are your best self in the moment of challenge, but then you also get to look back on it and enjoy it a second time. Like those moments are yours. They are that beautiful moment of you. Like I've got a mental image of you sitting with her, you know, and I've obviously ne never met the, the beautiful Grams, but <laughs> you know, it's like money in the bank and it can never be taken. Yeah. I, you know, it, the, the image, you know, it kind of popped in my head, but I mean, here I am and what I do for a living, and my job and responsibility, you know, I'm sitting there in Crocs and, you know, a, a, a t-shirt and comfy shorts sitting at a table building a puzzle with a farmhouse and small little animals and bunnies with my 85 year old grandmother and talking about life. I mean, I have nothing. I am not ashamed. I mean, that was one of the most purest moments of being myself and her being herself and that is to be valued. I don't think a lot of people always have that um, or choose not to do it because of self-image or, you know, well, I can't be that because other people will see that we're side all, of me. Like we're all busy, right? Everyone's busy. That's, I reckon that's the modern curse of just being busy. And we're like, we've got a phone blaring on us. We've got text messages coming in and we've always got the next thing coming. And like most of it's BS. Like we've all got a we've all got to acquire resources. We've got to work. We've got to get after it, but you got to put the big rocks in, right? And, and not having time for stuff. That's, that's a massive personal choice. Yeah. Like declutter, declutter your life. You know, I'm sure there's two, three hours we can say all of us can find in a day to, to fill one of those hours with a moment like that. You know, it's one of the things I've learned in my career in my young, my young life is I'm, I'm busy a lot, you know, and I don't, I'm not the best at communicating and making phone calls. Now I've tried to be better at that and texting and, you know, just really making time. I've really worked on that, especially this year. Um, but the point is now when I am with people that I, that I really want to be with and care about, I want to make it the best experience that I possibly can. Anybody that knows me and hangs around, I'm always, I'm always energetic. I'm, I always want to be fun. I always want to have good conversation and banter and just go out and, you know, like I was in Texas a couple weeks ago, like going out and just having a blast and making memories, you know, like money's not an issue. Like I, I don't care about that, whatever the, the, the people and bringing out people's real self, taking the mask off, dude, let your soul free, like just be you and let's have a good time. You know, there, it's, it's, it's simple. It's, it's nothing crazy. You know, it's just saying, okay, yeah, you know, I can let go. Let me, let me do this. Um, I want those because just as this past week has proven, this may be the last time I see you, you know? And like I said, for my profession and what I do, I run a high risk of sometimes maybe they're, maybe that's the last time they see me and I don't want to leave this earth with a bad image. You know, I don't want to be this well. Yeah. He's a good dude. But that, that last time he was just, you know, uh, -uh you know, so I want people to remember that I was a good dude. You know, I want, 
I'm sure the listeners can hear this, but I just want to highlight that you know you, you, you had a real uh, a really hard time last week at the start of the week, and that it's clear in your voice that you're in a really healthy and uh, you've had a lot of healing. You know, the loss is the loss and, and there's no changing that, but you clearly came together with your family in the moment of trial and you guys built new connections and shared moments. I, you know, I saw photos of you and your brothers with your mum laughing. I just thought that's what your grandmother would want. Like, oh, when my time comes, I don't want my family sitting around crying. I want them talking about the happy times and that's what I want to look down on. I don't want to be seeing people full of regret or sorrow for a long time. Like I want them to heal and get together and celebrate those memories and move forward. And I, like, it's really clear that that's what has happened for you over the last week or 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, re- like I said, it, this, it, it's reinforcing everything that's led me up to this moment. All these little lessons that have been over for the last few months of staying centered, being patient, having humility, positive masculinity, right? I wasn't trying to strong arm people and tell them this is how it's going to be. And, you know, I'm, you know, no, all of these lessons that have become a daily practice and discipline has prepared me to get to this moment. And, it, you know, it, it's not, but I, you can kind of look at it the way is like I said, it, it was a small test. Well, it was a big yeah. test, but and those daily mantras and the daily disciplines and things we've been doing, like you've added a new one now, like letting go that's come from Graham's. Oh, oh man. To add. Yeah. I, I really hope everybody takes the time to stop and kind of read that. I mean, it, I mean, she might as well just like uh, wrapped her arms around me and hug me and, and just, you know, imprinted that into me. I mean, it was just perfect timing. I needed to hear everything that came from that. And I could hear my grandmother reading it to me, just sitting there. I mean, it was, like I said, man, there's some things you just can't explain and that's fine. I, I don't need an explanation because no, that's right. just, just what came from it is, is good enough. I want to, I want to also um, sort of highlight a, a little bit of, of what Mike has just said there and in, in the career he has and the, the risk that's present um, and that he and I do both know people who have fallen and moved on and that's really been a theme that's been present for, for me. It's always present for both of us at this time of year leading up to uh, Veterans Day in the US Remembrance Day, call it in Australia and the UK and that's that's what I've been involved in. So Mike was going through this and I was uh, having a somewhat similar experience of just a lot of memories, a lot of strong memories and a, a sense of mourning and loss, but then also of healing. I was involved in um, organizing our ceremony. We had to have it here. The, the, there's no public holiday for it. So we had to have it on our weekend. And so uh, we had it already. And there was a, there was an amazing amount of work done by a couple of uh, British military guys, veterans, shout out to Kyle Graham and Ed Buckland. I know they listen. And they did a huge amount of uh, work around our uh, our village, putting out s- silhouettes of soldiers, like life-size silhouettes all around on street corners. And each of them had a, a photo of Fallen and a story about that, that person's life. And uh, you could just see people walking around and reading these things. And they had them out for a good couple of weeks. And then they gathered them all together to the, to the uh, entry to the village and created an avenue of honour, a garden walk path where the silhouettes were all gathered and they had spotlights on them at night and they had a speaker playing like World War II speeches and, you know, old music from, from that, that cast your mind back to, to those war times and all the way through to Dire Straits and Pink Floyd that those two listened to while they were on deployments. And you just see crowds of people down there with children walking through reading these plaques and, uh, you know, I, I helped a couple of guys get uh, comrades that they, they'd known Clark on there. And, you know, I know Mike, one of your uh, closest mates, we, we got him on there as well. Yeah. Which was awesome, man. I mean, you sent me the picture in the video of like that whole place and how well it was done and just, you know, things like that are just so powerful to me. I, 
Mel and I were talking about it and just some music was playing and different things. And I, I literally showed him, I stopped. I'm like, I have goosebumps on me, man. Like this, this is good. you you guys are doing a very good job in which he did you, you and Cherry, Cherry, Cherry played some music there. Um, beautiful voice. I mean, I, I would love to hear her play that whole thing through. And I mean, it's just very special, man. Great job. And so we had like a, a flag drill and, uh, you know, with um, Mark's best buddy there, we, 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 we got a flagpole up for the American flag along with the, uh, the Australian, New Zealand, Canadian, British and a, and a Commonwealth one for all the other Commonwealth soldiers. And we had a, a Remembrance Day service and it was sort of like I was going through this um, mourning and loss, but also the healing of having these people I know have shared an experience, even though I was never in the same unit as, as these guys, we had a shared background and there was families there and, and, and wives and children and then coming together and talking about it and planning. It's the beauty of these rituals was really clear to me that it's not just something you do because everyone does it. You know, like when you're a kid and you go to funerals and you, you don't really understand going through that ritual together and having structure around coming together and talking about it and talking about the people who aren't there. And it gives you something to a way to heal together. Like I know we, we, we finished our service and we went and uh, we, we, we toasted off the fallen, you know, to absent friends and the fallen. And, and I know that that was, a real healing moment for myself with the other guys standing around in a backyard and that sense of having done something well that we had shown respect and it's, it would have been similar to you with your family that you'd, you'd shown respect. You'd, you'd done something that, that was worthy of them and you, you know, that you're able to get together and heal. Oh, absolutely. I have a, uh, a quick question for you. So, you know, it's Re Remembrance Day um, and it's, you know, it'll be Veterans Day uh, for, for, you know, U.S. Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of that day? First thing. The first thing is um, f for me is I have uh, mental images of the Shrine of Remembrance in Melbourne, which is where our, our like war memorial is. Mm-hmm. You know, and just thinking about people who aren't with us, the sacrifice of people who've gone before us. I, I can relate. And, and I don't want to get confused with Memorial Day in the U.S. because that's that's our day for our fallen. Veterans Day is you honor the people who are alive and have served. Um, but, man, if they if those two don't go together sometimes... <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still active duty, lots of my friends and, you know, family members, everybody else are veterans. Um, it's kind of this weird cycle. So civilians look up to and remember and thank veterans. Veterans look at the dead and their teammates and say, thank you to them. You know, and, and I'm not saying civilians don't look at them as well, but it's just like this tier level. So civilians are just like, oh, yes, yeah, Scott, thank you. And thank you for your service and all this other stuff. And it goes to the active duty people or the veterans. And the whole time you're sitting there, I think that it's one of the hardest questions is just, you know, thank you for your service. How do you respond to that? You know, it's just like, you know, at least for me, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Everybody has their own reasons. But for me, I'm not you know, I'm not doing this because, you know, I want something cool. I mean, sure. I want to be pushed, but this is bigger than myself. You know, th th this is way bigger than I am. And I think for the longest time, when you have people approach you and they're just like, thank you for your service, dude, for the longest time, I just look at it and I'm just like, I don't know what to say to that. And, you know, I'm appreciative. Don't get me wrong, because sometimes it's the only way they know how is to come up and say, thank you for your service or, Hey, never forget or re remember them, you know, like I, I get it, man. And I appreciate it. It's just for me, I don't look at these guys as like these superheroes. I was like, I walk the halls with them. 
I work yeah. with them. I, I, every day I'm around these people and people are just, they look at them in this light and it's just like, what are you talking about? That's, you know, that's, that's John, dude. He's a turd, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, but you know, that's just how it goes. So, but, but when I, now that I'm getting older and a few of those guys are no longer around and the things I've been through, a lot of stuff we've talked about on here, the struggle, the emotional, the being gone and missing things and, you know, the, the combat and everything that comes back, man, I'm really to the point now, almost, you know, 14 years in where I feel if somebody came up to me and was like, thank you for your service. I think I'm at the point where I can be like, you're welcome. Like I've given a lot for, yeah, for you, should, you, you know, should be able to say that. if you it, can't say that, Mike, who can say that? It, it's just hard to say, I think, because you, you feel like, no, 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 no. My teammates who are buried or that are gone, those are the heroes, you know, if people call you that, you know, and like, I appreciate the title, but I'm, I, I'm not a hero the, the the heroes are the ones that aren't with us. You know, they gave everything I gave, I gave a lot, but they gave everything. Um, but it's just, I guess it's just this understanding as you get older and the more experience you have where it's kind of like, you know what, man, like I've been through hell and you know what you, you, you are welcome because you know, you live the life the way you want to, and you don't have to deal with some of the stuff that I, that I feel and that I've been through and seen and everything else. So like I said, I'm almost there where I can almost be like, Hey man, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Good. You know, it's a, it's a special time. The 11th of November being the day at the end of world war one, 1918, that the guns fell silent on the Western front. And at that point, I think it was around somewhere between five and nine million soldiers had died and about a third of them didn't have a grave, no remains. And that's just, it was such a shocking loss of life. And when they, just getting to that sense of what was happening with you and your grams and why, why we have these rituals. On the day, it was obviously a cause for massive celebration throughout the world it was just ecstatic people could not believe that this thing this horrifying war world war had ended and it was a year later when they were coming up to the anniversary but they didn't know how to there was a lot of discussion about how to celebrate it like was it going to be a celebration and then there was a big push from people who had lost family members and just that just the scale of the loss like it cannot be a celebration it has to be a solemn period of remembrance and gratitude and that was where the the two minute silence came from of it came out of cape town in south africa of uh they did it every day for a year they fired a gun and a bugler played in the city and and they all stood silent with the first minute being a minute of gratitude for those who'd survived and the second minute being a minute of reflection on the the fallen and there's something unifying and beautiful about standing in silence together mm. and not moving to fill the silence that you're able to really think and reflect and then move on with your life, you know, and hold these memories, but get on with it because this is what the people, this is what, what this life we're talking about, you know, these people coming up to you and saying, thank you for your service. Like people don't need to know the detail, you know, the reason that these people have, because it's, it's something like 31 million allied servicemen have fallen since the start of World War I to now. And, and the world that we're living in has been created by their sacrifice. And it's a real thing. Like it's easy to, to lose sight of where we are and, and how things are better. Since the end of World War II, I know this because I, I, I did a lot of research for a speech I gave. Since the end of World War II to now, there's five times as many democratic countries as there were. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and global rates of poverty and child infant mortality and so on, they just keep getting better all the time. And it's easy to, to miss this stuff. But the information is out there. The UN develop, developmental goals are getting met. And it's, it's the world we're living in has been created by this sacrifice. But we're living in it. And this is what we want. We want, we want children running around and having fun. And you know, they don't need to know 
the protection that's given the same way that we don't need to know all the detail that police go through the first responders you know mm-hmm. that but there's a safety that creates the opportunity for a wonderful life and people can step into these moments then and what shark tank can build, <laughs> build a puzzle with their gram with their grams you know absolutely man oh yeah um it's just it's just extremely it's it's just ex- extremely humbling to 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 be part of this and what i mean by this is just being in in the service you know i've i've shared stories before where i've i've met complete veteran you know, random veterans that i've never served with from korea vietnam past you know whatever and we sit down we have a conversation and for 30 minutes and i feel like i've known them for years and it's just a special bond. And, you know, when you look back at very special moments, you know, like me with my grandmother and like I had that moment and realized why it was so special. It was because of the meaning behind it. You know, like there was a reason she sat down with me and talked about and opened that cork. There was a reason she wanted to share her life and everything with it because she cared. She was loving. She was special. And, you know, she wasn't a bad person. And when you sit down with veterans and and you sit there and you talk about service, you, you you think about, hey, why'd you join up? Why'd you do this? You know, the why. I know we talked about what's your why before. Mm-hmm. Um, or we talk about fallen teammates, like we tell fun stories or, you know, we go to the gravesite and have a few frothies and sit there and talk with them, you know, because he's still one of the, one of the guys. Um, you, re- you remember the why you remember their why their dreams their hopes their stories even even veterans you know that are still alive these days they're they're not the same people when they you know when they raised their right hand from day one they had great intentions they wanted something bigger than themselves and everything else but usually when you come out the backside you're not the same person anymore due to one reason or another whether it be just you matured you were in combat maybe you were wounded um you seen some really bad things. Maybe you saw some really great things. You know, I know I've seen a little bit of all of those. Um, you just grow to have an appreciation, and I and I thoroughly believe that veterans and act and active duty and the the fallen are the example. The example, and I say that wholeheartedly. The example of what we should be as humans, human beings, serve something bigger than ourselves. be selfless, be courageous, go, go into something that you're scared of, you know? Following on from that, I just want to mention that this time of year is really hard for a lot of veterans, for current serving person, personnel and, and uh, retired. And that PTSD is a thing. You know, mm-hmm. It's a real thing, and and uh, people suffer at this time of year. And I just want to, I just want to let people know that there's treatment available, and one of the most widely researched one is just being able to talk about it. And I know that uh, when you're in the company of people who've shared experiences like that, that is when it's that's when it's easy to talk because you know that the other people understand. And uh, you know, we're 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 available. You can message us on uh, not your average mike 77 or not your average paul at gmail.com and raf as well but uh reach out to your community you know check in on friends check in on uh people you haven't seen for a while um because you never know what a simple text message or phone call what the difference that could make to someone else yeah i know i know that very well just from this year i mean i have two two very good friends reach out to me randomly talking about suicide and um, I was just glad they did because I have eight other friends who did not reach out and who chose to end their life. And, um, you know, that's all it takes sometimes is a phone call, a text message. Hey, what are you doing today? You know, would you like to come over and watch football? Do you want to come over? Do you want to go to church with me today? Do you want to just go to the park? Do you want to just go for a walk? And there should be no stigma. There should be no stigma now in 2020 that uh, these injuries are just as real as the ones that you can see. You know, there should be no stigma now. We should understand these things and and recognize that 
there's uh, internal scars and that these things can be treated as well. Oh, for sure. We should be transitioning past that. You know, service, service teaches us about teamwork and, you know, doing things as a group together, being courageous, being brave, being all these things together. I don't know what it is, but that never stops. That never stops. Like once you're out, like I'm not out of the military yet, but let me tell you when I'm, when I'm done, I will make that a staple of my life to never forget like this brotherhood, you know, the job's over. Okay. Just let go of it. The job's over. You're not going to be who you were once you're in that job, but everything that you learned, like type the good. Yeah. Practice it. Show it. Show people that, Hey, I was this badass operator. When one day I was in, I was in, you know, this type of soldier, airman, Marine, whatever. Okay, man, that was 10 years ago. That was five years ago. Who are you now? You know, like I, I little funny thing, but you know, the Al Bundy syndrome, you know, like I scored four touchdowns <laughs> in a single game in Polkai, you know, in the championship. Was, yeah, okay, dude. That was a high children. Yeah, yeah. Like to marry the children. yeah. I love that show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, you think you've got it bad? Just watch Al Bundy. The dude gets screwed over in like <laughs> his whole life. Okay. So whenever you're having a bad day, do what I do. Watch Married with Children and watch Al Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's kind of the thing, is you know, we all do great things in our life. You know, for veterans, their their highlight of their life is I served in the in the military. You know, that's, they, they're in a uniform, they have medals, they, they feel purpose, they feel like they're part of something. That's going to end in a sense of like, yes, you're not in the service anymore, but evolve it. Show, show people what you've learned, who you've become. If you grew up in a bad spot and the military made you into a good, like a, a better person, which it does for a lot of people, show it, demonstrate it. Don't use it as a crutch and be like, oh yeah, I'm not in the army anymore. I work with a bunch of, you know, crappy civilians that don't even show up on time from a nine to five job at a cubicle or whatever, you know, like improve it, make the, make the environment better, you know, don't just accept it. The seasons change, you know, like the chapter, the, you, you know, you turn the page and that chapter ends and you start a new chapter and you move forward and you, you take the good and you let go of the bad, you know, like Graham's little reading there, letting go. That's it, man. I mean, I, I don't know one person that could look at this year and go, I want to just get out of this year. Yeah. Who doesn't, man? Like, like something's <laughs> good coming. Right. And it just seems like one bad thing after another. But yeah. you're, if you, if you woke up today and you're still here and, and you know, and just, I mean, for people listening and veterans and active duty or anybody else, man, I mean, if you woke up today, you have the opportunity to be great, to continue to be great, to demonstrate who you really are as a good person, man. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes and we we have bad days like everybody else. I know I have my share, but somebody comes up to me, hey, man, I had a really rough day, you know, well, Come here, come here, man. Let's let's go talk for five. You want to get some coffee? You want to get some coffee? You want to get a you want to get a frothy? We'll we'll call we'll call Melon and Raph. I'll introduce you to these turds. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you know, and how many times have I done that? I've introduced you yeah, guys to guys right. that just call me and they're just like, hey man, I just need to talk. Yeah. I'm your teammate, man, whether you realize it or not, but I'm your friend too. You know, yeah, it's right. yeah, that's be there right. for you. Yeah. I've said it on one of those early episodes about we stand in ranks, you know, like reach out. Speaking of reaching out, we we're talking about having a uh, maybe a Facebook Live uh, video chat where people can join in and ask questions and so on. So we haven't got a date yet fixed for that, but we thought that we'd uh, you know just like put it out there that that's something we want to do. Um, we're getting quite a lot of interaction from uh, listeners. We're getting some of the questions that Raf and I asked last week um, were sent in, and a few we got a few messages from people that wanted to hear Mike's answers to the same <laughs> questions. Sure. So I'll, I, I, want, I want to hear what the stupidest thing you've ever done for a dare. Oh, a dare. Okay. Um, Peer pressure, a dare, you know? All right. Easy. That's a very easy one. It pops right out. Um, high school. Everybody was uh, talking about doing the uh, school prank, the high school prank. Everybody was talking about bringing in pigs like one, two, and four and oiling them up and letting them go in the hallway so you can't catch them. And then everybody's like, where's three? Where's three? And they're freaking out, right? 
it was so full of crap. I was going around like, are you going to go to the farm and buy pigs? Are you going to spend all this money and, and bring them in in your backpack? Like, come on. Everybody was just talking. I was so, I was so frustrated. I came up with a plan. I got three or four other guys, guys that could drive at the time. And I made a uh, ghillie suit, which is like a sniper suit, um, made it up. And I went and got some uh, certain liquid, I'll say snuck out on and the way my high school was 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 a big level parking lot and then right at the end of the parking lot was a big hill going up it was like 45 degrees and uh, you could see the whole hill from the parking lot right so nobody was gonna do a senior prank i think the year before like the students came in 30 minutes prior and they were like hey let's park in the teacher's parking spot so they have to walk an extra 100 feet Ooh, man okay I needed to live up to the to the old stories of putting principals on, you know, on the, the his car on the roof with a crane and, you know, like all these crazy stories. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm going to I'm going to solidify this. I'm going to send it. Right. So I went up there and I basically drew a 40 foot penis in the in the grass. And with my with my high school graduation number coming out of the end <laughs> and it took four days to completely form. And then. uh Needless to say, everybody saw it <laughs> and nobody knew, you know, nobody expected it. Uh, all the troubling kids in school were getting called to the office left and right. And some of them were my friends and they're like, I, I don't know nothing about this. And I was just sitting back, twiddling my thumbs, just pulling off my first special operation that I ever did. <laughs> so that, there, it wasn't really a dare. It was more of like a, hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this and send it and be like, you know, so that's, how's that? Good answer. High school, high school teachers in podcast land are like not happy to hear this. <laughs> they just... <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll hit up some more of these questions next time when we get Raf back. And uh, you know, if, if people want to hear questions uh, answered by Mike, Feel free to send them through to Not Your Average Paul and uh, we'll give them to him blind when he doesn't know they're coming. <laughs> I welcome them. All right, great. Well, guys, a, uh, an episode on loss and healing. Uh, Mike's journey with his family and uh, you know my journey with Remembrance Day and Veterans Day, which is uh, at this time of year. Hopefully, you guys get something out of it. You know, these beautiful moments are there to be, sh to, to, to be found and celebrated and um, there's a lot of value in sharing these moments of healing and and striving to be your best self even on your worst days and and we're all going to have them so from uh mike and i and you know shout out to the taco leader <laughs> up there in Washington State with his try his try tip that he's that he loves uh we don't miss you raf but we'll we'll tolerate you for the next episode yeah so see, guys, you soon, uh, see you soon patito so from all of us to all of you, take, take care and see you next time.